Hi everyone, it's Roger and James here from the What's On Disney Plus podcast. In this week's episode, we're going to be sharing our thoughts on the latest uh, Boba Fett episode. We'll also be sharing our thoughts on what's going to be coming up on Disney Plus in February. Plus, we've got some other news. There's actually been quite a little bit of news. It's almost like as all the holidays are all over and everyone's back to work. Um, so yeah, so this week, before we go into any of the news and all the bits and pieces, we'll do a quick bit of housekeeping. If you haven't already done so, make sure you do subscribe, either on the audio platforms like Spotify, Apple, etc., or here on YouTube. You can also take part in our weekly Q&A, which takes place every Sunday night. And also, um, we have the What's on Disney Plus news going up daily on the YouTube channel. Um, big thank you to supporters on Patreon and YouTube channel members. They help support the channel. Um, it really makes a massive difference in just in paying the costs, etc. So big thank you uh, and hello to Sarah, Andrew, Elliot, Jacob, Caleb, Red Marsman, Aero, Andrew, Cody, Darren, and Lauren. We also over here, we have Jay Blue, uh, Dana, Ricky Wright. We also have Dave, Adam, Mahad. We have Ben, Raphael, my VCS still works, Bina, Joshua, Dawn, Martin, Jeremy, and Sarah. So again, thank you for all of your support. On that note, let's jump into it. So, um, James, so we've got, we've got the February lists to come up. We're going to be talking about the US one, and there's going to be some things in there that we'll be talking about as we go through them. So as per usual, we'll start with the US list primarily. It's not going to take us very long, so that's where we will do a little bit probably longer on um, the US, on the UK, and the Canada list. It usually depends on when they drop. But the US list dropped this week, and um, yeah, okay. So this is a. It's, um, let's just let's just dive into it because this, this is. Um, I I yeah. would recommend against diving into it because you'll probably it take hit us your, very long. your head on the bottom of the pool. Yes, um, and we're going to talk about that. After we've kind of gone through the list first, so we'll be getting two episodes of the Book of Boba Fett. So we know we're going to be getting that. We're going to be getting new episodes of the Chicken Squad and a new Air Force One documentary on the on the second of February. Then on Friday the fourth of February, getting a few movies, including Never Been Kissed, Snow Dogs, and also a new National Geographic documentary, Fawn. So this one is going to be going. At, Fawn's going to be going everywhere. This is. It's essentially it's a Disney Plus original, but not quite a Disney Plus original in the same way that like Fauci and um, like Becoming Custod and stuff. They kind of get a very limited cinema run, and then they're available exclusively on Disney Plus. So basically, this whole um, group of people get trapped on an avalanche. I'm 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 going to give this one a go. Um, this is definitely something that I'm looking forward to watching. Um, what about you? Uh, it looks pretty heavy. Yeah. um in terms of the content because you know they are people who are lost and i'm pretty sure uh there's quite a bit of loss involved in this yeah. one but it still should be an interesting one and i think it's a story that a lot of people don't know yeah. and to me that's that's just the thing of national geographic giving disney plus a little bit more um like serious content so that's that's a, always a good thing we're also getting six new episodes of um alice's wonderland bakery um, so six episodes. This will be dropping as well in the UK. Um, a brand new animated series with Alice cooking. I, I find this one very odd because, like, all the food in Alice in Wonderland is stuff you probably shouldn't be eating. Uh, yeah, I suppose you always want to get that Cheshire Cat um, cake when you go to um, Fantasyland from um, Cheshire Cat's um, place. You know, it's, it's I guess just just avoid the mushrooms. That's yes. Sometimes. Yes. Um, we're also getting uh, Assembled the Making of Hawkeye. Now, that was actually supposed to come out this week, but they've pushed it back. Okay, I, I actually wasn't sure if the one on here was the new date or 
or immediately after they were like, no, uh, sorry, it's coming out later. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. My guess is that they, I mean, January was pretty light anyway. And then we're getting the Eternals one the following week on the, I mean, this is terrible. I mean, literally Wednesday the 16th, we're getting an episode of Assemble. And that's pretty much the theme right through this whole um, week or month, really. Um, on Feb on Friday the 18th of February, we're getting a new Mickey Mouse short, um, which is the winter short. Again, that's the only thing you're getting. Um, just, yeah. Which the new short looks good. I mean, this will be global because it's a Disney Plus original. But they're going to be doing four seasonal ones this year rather than, like, ten episodes. And they're a little bit longer, I think. So we'll be getting one for, like winter spring summer fall kind of etc uh wednesday the 23rd a really good release this is this is a really good one and i definitely would recommend it's free guy is coming to um disney plus and hbo max um great to see this one on there um it dropped internationally for us back in, this is a bit it came out in september for us so it's kind of like oh like okay that was been out for a while but nevertheless that's a good release that is a highlight we're getting the first episode of The Proud Family, Louder and Prouder. So that'll be the first episode. That'll be running for 10 weeks with new episodes dropping every week after that week. And then on Friday the 25th in the US and in Canada, you're getting the Marvel superheroes Frost Fight. Now, you don't know how many edits that took me to make that video. <laughs> I really need to put my teeth in. And that, that, unless there's some extra stuff, is it for the US. I mean, as a US subscriber, what did you think of this? It's pretty light. I mean, there's there's good content in there. The the Boba Fett's, you know, obviously yeah. we'll we'll talk about the episode from this week, but it's kind of looking up from it at the moment. Um, the actual content itself is pretty good. Uh, that National Geographic's looking forward to it. Um, assembled would normally not be the highlight of the week, but it is decent enough content that I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll probably watch Free Guy again. But then like. All right, what else do we have? Nothing. Yeah. It's very, very lean. And I mean, this was, I mean, January's was pretty lean, and this one dropped in, and it's like, I mean, there's nothing like remotely Valentine's Day related. There's nothing with, um, I mean, well, I, I guess Never Been Kissed might be. Yeah, but I mean, that's be been bouncing. You get to Valentine's yeah, Day. it's been kind of like bouncing on and off. Um, you've also got like Black History Month as well. No, no kind of content for that. Um, but just as a whole, I mean, you know, we've got. I, I it was one of those things that that list came in and went like, oh, this is not a good list. This is this is one of the weakest ones we've had. And there's no point in sugarcoating it. And there's no point in um, fluffing up. Yes, there's some good content there. Fawn, Free Guy, Boba Fett, Assembled, good stuff. But it's literally like one thing a day is is getting a little bit light. Um, hopefully, when we're getting into the end of like February, you know, March, you know, the, the, the things are going to start dropping in a bit more frequently. We're going to have some Investor's Day stuff coming on, um, trying to boost up. I mean, it, it's just very lacking. I, and it really it's like it's like you're saying, like appealing to adults. There's not even there's not a lot there even to appeal to kids to get kind of get you logged in. No, not really. I mean, when you get down to it, the biggest thing of the month, not counting the ending of Boba Fett, is the launch of the new um, Prouder family, mm. which does look entertaining. Looking forward to that, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, uh, there, there, there's a gap in perceived. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Not quality is yeah. not the word I'm looking for, but yeah. like, there's well, a gap between yeah. that and what we have. Well, it's like, I mean, a, a prime example to me is where we've got a bit of an issue. It's like this past week, got the first or the second season of The Secrets of Sofa Springs. Now, they dropped the entire season 
on there, whereas they released the first two episodes on the Disney Channel last week, and then they released the entire season on there, and so obviously weekly on the Disney Channel. Whereas, like, you kind of think, guys, if you'd release that weekly, that really would have like helped flesh it out a little bit more. Um, same with all these batch drops of like maybe if you can get into like weekly releases, it might help boost up and um, it might look a bit more. I mean, it's not technically much more there, but that would have been one thing I would have looked at for um, one of the reasons of problems with batch batch drops is that it can have that effect. Yeah, and I get that a lot of people do prefer the batch drops that they they want the the binge content where you can just watch the whole thing at once, but. It works better on a platform like Netflix or mm. or Prime, where they are getting several releases every single week. Mm. Now, you, you might not always be getting something on par with, um, you know, the Queen's Gambit or mm. or something like that. But I'm going to say Afterlife has been. I watched season three this week on Netflix. That an amazing series. I, um, Netflix has been knocking it out of the park lately with with their mm. series. No question about that. But they also have the quantity to go along mm. with the quality. And while, yeah. uh, while the Disney shows in general, particularly the headliners like Boba Fett and Hawkeye, have the quality. The quantity, especially the last couple of months, uh, mm. has been very noticeably not lacking. Uh, it was, I was going to say, like that Alice at Wonderland Bakery show, you know, they, if they dropped that weekly, you know, that would have had six, they could have had six weeks of like a weekly drop. It, it's They're just trying to find the right release schedule. And um, yeah, it, it's very. It's very noticeable. I'm going to shift over to um, Canada now just to kind of go through um, a few little highlights. So I'm not going to um, bring up the ones that we've already, uh, obviously, we've talked about. But there's a few different things that I um, want to bring up. So first off, um, and this is not just for Canada, it's for the UK, right around the whole world, Australia. We're getting Pam and Tommy. We're getting the very first three episodes of that. Um, and then there'll be weekly drops of Pam and Tommy um, right through. Um, I'll be talking about that on next week's show. Um, we've also got um, new episodes of like there's I think there's one episode of The Simpsons and there again they're getting a very heavy FX month in Canada with like a wilderness of error. You're also getting devs. They're also getting the Big Leap. Um, other new content dropping for them um, includes like Fozzy uh, uh, Verdon. You're also getting Better Things seasons one to four. And again, Miss America and in between, they're really kind of, as I said, like stacking up on that FX content. Now, well, there's a lot to draw from, mm -hmm. from FX. Uh, well, I think also in the US, in, sorry, in Canada, a lot of the FX stuff has been like either on another network or they've still been like releasing it onto the Fox channel. Um, then there's a big release on the 18th of February in Canada, and that's The King's Man. Um, that will be dropping on Hulu in the United States. In the UK, it's a little bit earlier. And in Australia, I think it's a, a week later. Um, so that's a massive that's a massive release for Disney Plus around the world, is Kingsman, and also for Hulu. I mean, um, I'm looking forward to watching this movie. I like the first two movies. It only came out just before Christmas. Great. You can't go wrong with, with that one. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, they're also getting spins. They get, uh, Canada's getting spin. That one's been hanging around for a while. Along with one of the original Disney Plus originals, um, High Fidelity, which never, which I still haven't got around to watching yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I always just find that one strange that that would have been a Disney Plus original. And, plus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, plus FX series The Breeder season two and Mayans MC. Also globally on Friday the twenty fifth of February, we're going to be getting uh, No Exit, which is a brand new original twentieth century studios film all about a woman who ends up um, getting sort of. It's just a shelter, and 
somebody it, that she's hiding with or resting with um, has killed someone. So she's got to work it out. So again, this is like this only the thing, like the second, like in the original movie after Vacation Friends. And we're going to see at least four or four, I think we've probably got six or seven of these movies dropping right through the year of and we're starting to get, and that'll be on Hulu in the United States as well. Um, so that'll be that'll be something a little bit more grown up for us. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, shifting in immediately by Marvel Action Hour. Uh, frost, <laughs> yeah, yeah um, in the UK, there's some other great content, including uh, we're getting like more episodes of Big Sky. Watched on the third episode last night. I'm really enjoying that series, along with like Big Leap, Queens, The Wonder Years. Um, they're also getting uh, the Resident new episodes of The Resident dropping every week from the fifth season. Along with obviously National Geographic documentaries and bits and pieces that we've done, um, one of the King's Man movie will be dropping um, in early uh, February in the UK, along with the uh, Free Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, which obviously won a lot of awards, but it's taken a while to drop onto Disney Plus here in the UK. And I said the King's Man is dropping on Wednesday the night here in the UK at the Highlands. Um, that's for me. That's like one of the top movies. Of something I want to watch. You know, it's in cinemas now. You can't go wrong with that. Um, let's see what else we've got coming here. Secrets of Sofa Spring Season 2 coming to the UK as well in February, which is always pretty good. Um, uh, we've also got a couple of other seasons like Harrow. Um, again, there's a few things dropping here just before Thanksgiving. Oh, so not Thanksgiving, Valentine's Day. Um, we're getting the thing about Harry, Table 19, Highly Sprung and Winnie the Pooh, a Valentine for you. So we're in the UK. We're getting a few little um, Halloween specials and also some National Geographic documentaries. Um, as well as that, we're also getting the French Dispatch. That's going to be dropping as well in the UK on what's the date of that one? On Wednesday, the sixteenth of February. Well, which is, is, so, yeah. So here's the thing: with this one, you actually have to scroll up to remember what date it, you're on. Yeah. Where <laughs> the American release. Had, you could, you could actually have two two dates on the same screen because there was so little to cause scrolling. Yeah, uh, Black Pink the movie that's one that was really popular um, when that one got revealed. So I'm oh, that's, that's yeah. that um, uh, K-pop band, right? Yeah, K-pop. Um, also, we're getting um, uh, even like some of the Amazon stuffs coming back to Disney after they've kind of got it, like the One Mississippi and Rel is a series as well that's coming in. A major movie like The Predator and Predator 2 will be dropping onto Disney Plus in the UK. And the big one really as well for Monday the 21st of February, every Monday for eight weeks after that, we'll be getting new episodes from the 11th season of The Walking Dead. Can't wait for this to come back. Really looking forward to seeing how this series goes. Um, yeah, so as I said, we're getting some different stuff in the UK. You know, we get Pam and Tommy, we're getting The Walking Dead. Um, yeah, lots of different content. Uh, Touch season one and two for the people. Season one and two is dropping again, which is um, just loads of great content. This is us. There's only going to be one episode for the UK in February. I think that's because of the Olymp the Winter Olympics, um, kind of stopping like the run of everything. And again, we're getting some more movies like Snatched and The Imposters, and the boy who would be or the king who would be the sorry the kid who would be king. Just a massive amount of content dropping in um, in on Disney+. Plus. And I think it really does kind of showcase what's, what Disney can do. You know, when, when it gets completely unleashed and can do everything, you know, all that extra content really makes a big difference to me in terms of, 
you know, and I and I want to. I'm going to bring this up. I just showed this to James just before, and we went like, if this is an advert that's currently running here in the UK, and that one of um someone sent me here, where it's literally got a, a poster on one side. It says the book of Boba Fett now streaming with the tag stories you'd expect, plus then a picture of The Walking Dead with stories that you wouldn't. So it's a very kind of interesting campaign going on here now in the UK, where they're you know notice no more mention there of star it's all like you know they have got a little 18 certificate here on the walking dead to kind of indicate it but you know they are changing how they're doing stuff over here you know this is this is all becoming part of this strategy of just offering so much more that's why we've been talking about you know star and stuff over this last year but it's as we're going into year two of star the, the campaigning and everything is changing a lot it's a completely different market for them than it is in the states and i don't know we, we <laughs> We will continue to see what happens. They are kind of hamstrung with the whole Hulu thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it is worth pointing out when you're going over the, the February list there, you were highlighting a lot of back catalog items yeah. that came out, uh, or are, sorry, are coming out uh, in the UK. But that was also because you were kind of skipping over a lot of the weekly releases. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, so, yeah. so for people who weren't visiting the page, you might go, yeah. oh, yeah, there's a lot of content, but... Uh, this is stuff that came out on FX years ago. These yeah. are movies from years and years ago. It, it's because the weekly content we didn't bother to talk about because they are weekly and it's just kind of expected. So, uh, yeah, we're getting a lot of National Geographic content dropping some of the classic stuff. Um, for some reason, here in the UK, we're not getting all the National Geographic content like as recent as America is. So there's a bit of a, a bit of a delay with that one, but also there's been there was a few more streaming contracts like here in the UK, like Canada. Like when Star launched last year, um, like Australia and Canada launched with like twice as much stuff as the UK did. So they had like a, a, a just straight away a, a head start. So the UK has been releasing more weekly, but it's been catching up. And I think it's overtaken Canada and Australia, but they had a much more to catch up on with. Um, and Canada's really been like backfilling on the FX stuff, which wasn't on there. And they've been having issues with the 20th century content. They've been not getting the new stuff. Like they announced all the Kingsman stuff, but they didn't announce when it was um, coming to Canada. So it's like, um, you know, they've actually started doing this a little bit more. They're putting out these announcements about, I think they did it for How I Met Your Father. Sorry, How You Met Your Father. Yeah, How I Met Your Father, which is coming in March for us all on Disney Plus internationally. And no exit and also Kingsman where they're now actually putting these announcements like this is coming to Hulu in the US, Star Plus in Latin America and Disney Plus. So you know they're even starting to put these announcements out of kind of realizing that we need a, a global release schedule for this stuff. And you know they're, they're in, which is great. It's exactly what we need. We need the same day everywhere. Um it's just very confusing with these three different you know three or four different streaming services. But generally on a whole you know, thing is, it's definitely all ramping up much more, and we've we're going to get into that whole thing in a minute. But uh, so, what kind of stood out really from your point? Because obviously, you got a few things dropping onto Hulu that you're going to watch as well. Um, but what are you looking forward to in February? Well, I'm looking forward to the Kingsman. Uh, I might as well just jump straight into to, to Hulu because <laughs> there's nothing else. Um, <laughs> did not see it in theater, so I'll be going into this blind. But I, well, I've never found the Kingsman stories. To be particularly interesting, the action in them has has been great. They they put a lot of effort into 
there's there's cinematography it's sorry choreography yeah uh, and that's what i'm looking forward to this it, it should be a lot of fun plus they've got some good actors and actresses involved with it so very much looking forward to that and then this other uh movie that you mentioned before no exit uh, looks like that's going to be intense uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely not a fun movie from the description but if you like mystery thrillers mm -hmm. it kind of things uh, with a dark edge, this looks like this is going to be up there. Yeah, I definitely feel. I mean, this is this thing we're going to start seeing a lot more now with 20th centuries, really, and Searchlight. You know, they're both they're, they're all going to be feeding uh, Disney Plus and Star Plus and Hulu with content, which is great. I mean, it's just a really great thing that we're going to be pushing onwards and getting original movies from them. It's just you know, it's just more more content. So it's a little bit of a weird one, really, with February. I feel like. Oh, there's a lot of stuff I'm looking forward to. Kingsman, you know, you got the Power and Tommy, you've got the Book of Boba Fett. Um, I'm interested to see what the Proud Families, the, the new series of that is like, and Fawn as well. Um, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I can't help but feel like we've got all this great stuff over here, but this US product is really just, just yeah, it's like you're doing a bit. It's, like, it's just, it's just not, it's just not good seeing so little being dropped onto the US. And I'm hoping they're going to sort this out because it, it almost feels like. It was an emergency button press like a few months ago of like, right, guys, we need to stop and sort it out because literally we've got the the quarterly results coming up. The stock price is tanked this week. I think it, uh, the stocks of all the streaming companies and all the media companies plummeted when Netflix put out, like, we've, we've got 8 million more subscribers and the Wall Street was like, was that all? And I'm like, well, that's a really good month or a really good quarter. And like, or maybe you can't go up as high as we thought. And then they all sort of panic selling all the media. And it's like, well, it's long-term, um, you know. And also, it's a bit like, well, we have kind of come out of the pandemic where people have been going back to work, going back to school, coming out, of, you know, and people have been unsubscribing to stuff. You know, you know, there is other issues going on. Um, I mean, there's that whole kind of thing, you know, with lockdowns coming to ends and stuff, you know, people are living differently. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's been a bit of an issue going on with the whole stock thing right now. Yeah, it, it is always worth remembering, though, when we talk about stock prices, that Wall Street and reality don't necessarily exi exist in the same place. Because you, you're talking about uh, Netflix, and you, and you mentioned this, yeah. but it, it's they were still profitable. They were still increasing. They yeah. were they're still producing a lot of content. They've got a lot of uh, awards that they're nominated for. Disney Plus also has a lot of awards they're nominated for, but but Wall Street has these expectations. Well, you grew this much that quarter. We expect you to grow more this mm -hmm. quarter. It's like that's not how reality works. Uh, but Wall Street, you know, they, they have their own expectations. And if you don't miss those expectations, arbitrary or otherwise, the yeah. stock just nosedives. And we saw that yeah. not just in the tech industry, well, not just within the streaming industry, there were a lot of stocks this past week. Well, I know, so I mean, around. Sony's tanked, I know Sony's tanked, but that was, I think, mainly because of Microsoft's acquisition I, of yeah, uh, Activision, which definitely um, can. But again, that's all down to again this whole thing of Xbox Game Pass and that feeling of, of, of a subscription service gonna hit the competition. And there's just, I think. And I also feel like the last like two years during the pandemic, it was a little bit along the lines of look, these are like extraordinary times it has speeded up cord cutting and how many people subscribe to stuff but there is always a limit and i feel like you know this like push and it's why i mean i think i've read quite a few articles and stuff about you know like them saying like 
most people might only subscribe to three or five streaming services and you've got a true and it's like it is a lot but at the same time who are those five going to be or those three or five i mean i know for myself i was thinking well got sky and i've got disney and i've got netflix and i've got amazon and i've got the wwe and i've got um and I was like, well, yeah, that's, that's, that, would, yeah that would get me to five. And then I got Xbox Game Pass and Spotify, you know, and it, it does all add up. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing of how many can you subscribe to? And it, it is it is an issue. And it, it is kind of funny because, you know, one of the main reasons for cord cutting uh, back in the day, so we're not, not even pandemic, but like when streaming was really just starting was simply – all of my content is in one location or it's in two locations. It's on Netflix and it's on Amazon prime. And that's all I need. I no longer need the 300 channel mm. cable package. I can just do Netflix, but now streaming is fragmented and that big advantage has gone. And your monthly bill, if you're subscribed to five of them now looks the same as it did as your old TV package. So yeah. what are you really gaining other than being able to pick your content rather than being uh, kind of bound to whatever the uh, the broadcast schedule is. Well, I mean, I generally like. I mean, like my I like looking at like my Sky bill, and I'm kind of looking at it and go right, okay. Well, I'm kind of getting Peacock slash HBO mixed in, and I'm getting live TV and all the rest of it. So I'm getting that. It's like how much, and I often and I will often say I'm not. I don't feel like I'm watching enough of the content on there. It's how much that costs me. Um, and it's like it's more of a legacy thing. I like having you know the satellite television and the live TV and all the rest of it. But it's like okay, I mean, I also have to subscribe to the BBC. It's kind of a legal requirement that I have to do. So that costs me like 180 bucks uh, a year. Um, do I feel like I get my values out of it? Yes. But Amazon, I'll be honest, at the video section, there is literally. I think I watched the the, the like the Top Gear guys for Christmas mm -hmm. special. And I don't. If it wasn't for the the delivery, I use it primarily because it's like, as long as I get two things a month from Amazon, it's kind of just it's cheaper than postage. I think the thing with Amazon was they really leaned into some very niche content. Now that they they've put a lot of money into that content, but if you're not interested in in a um, sci-fi real realish realistic-ish sci-fi thing like The Expanse, which is now done anyway, um, then you weren't going to be interested in that. If you weren't interested in Wheel of Time, which is a fantasy series, then you're not going to be going after that. I know they did just drop the promo trailer teaser for the Lord of the Rings series that they're working yeah. on. As far as I can tell, it's been fairly divisive, but you know, uh, they have that, but what else do they have? Yeah. They're in a very similar situation to Disney+, Plus, but they also have the benefit of having their video market. So mm -hmm. in addition to whatever Prime offers, you can also go, okay, um, I need to rent a movie for this weekend. Oh, uh, this one's $3. Well, Throw it yeah. stuff on Amazon. I, I do have a tendency to use, use yeah. but also it, it massively confuses you when you go in there and you see all oh. this stuff mixed up. And, and um, I, I don't know if they've done this internationally or if it's a, a United States only thing. They just released IMDb TV, uh, yeah. just released. I think it was several months yeah. ago. Um, and that's included in Prime, but it's a separate service. Yeah. And rather than being Prime, it has ads in it. I think I've only yeah. uh, kind of funny. I've only watched the the new Judge Judy show, and I watched one episode <laughs> of that, and I got about halfway through it, and an ad started popping. I was like, "What? Why?" Are there well, ads I know, like, 
I think like Disney even licensed things like Malcolm in the Middle to it. You know, rather than put it on yeah. Disney Plus, they sold it to there. You know, like really weird, really weird decisions. Now, yeah, I think we you know we are going to get to that point of like how many are you going to subscribe to, it? and that's why I ultimately do feel like. Disney in the US is going to have to do something with the, the platform because the, the bundle isn't going to cut it um, long term because especially with months like January and February, people are going to start like going, there's not enough on there. There's not enough on there for parents to do it. And this now, is why... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no you carry on because we're kind oh, of shifting onto a different well, this, topic. This is why I think um, we will increasingly see people rotating services. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I've mentioned this in the past, and I'm hardly the first person to mention this at all, but you you will see people go, I'll keep one service mm -hmm. permanently, and that'll probably be Netflix, let's be honest. Um, and then I will bounce between Disney Plus and Paramount and HBO Max and, and do it every four or five months, and I'll just watch all the content that came out in those months since i was last subscribed to it and then once i'm done with that yeah. go over to hbo max and watch their content and then so on and so forth i think yeah. we'll see more and more people doing that and this is one of the major reasons why star has made such an impact on disney plus because even bob chapek has said on multiple occasions it's reduced the churn for disney plus because people aren't quite in that same motion where you're kind of thinking oh there's nothing on there like now going into february it's not like oh it's only the book of boba fett now i've got like five or six shows and a couple of movies um, I know in our Facebook group, the amount of people that have when they'll cut, it's that kind of weird thing. We've got a bit of, there's always this constant thread of um, some Americans not wanting like the content from Star because they want to keep it as a kids friendly service. And the amount of like international folks coming in kind of going, look, guys, this is great. You know, I watch so much more of it. You know, it's, there's so much more content. There's, you know, there's so many shows to watch. You know, the concept of getting rid of it is not even a thing so much anymore now because it's like, oh, no, there's loads of stuff on there. I mean, this morning, you know, I had I was watching season seven of Blackish, you know, and just had that on in the background. And we'll move on to something else. And, you know, we watch Big Sky and we've been watching other, you know, we're watch, we I watch Disney Plus daily. And it's not just because of obviously doing the podcast and all the rest of it. But there's stuff on there. There's, a, there's something original on there every single week to keep you engaged. I can't say the same for Netflix and, and Amazon would be, I think if it wasn't for the shipping, I don't think I'd subscribe other than maybe for the Lord of the Rings, but I'd be going into that going, it's not going to be as good as the movie. It's not going to be as good as the movie. And that'll always be hanging over it. I, not to go too far into it. I am glad that they used practical effects in the trailer. That was a nice touch that mm -hmm. that's a, a good sign. Cause you know, the original Lord of the Rings trilogy had a lot of practical effects. It looks great. The Hobbit had a lot of special effects and it looks awful. Mm -hmm. um, so good on that. But at the same time, I'm definitely in that camp of people. It's like, I can't hear this voice as anything but Kate Blanchett. I, I don't like who this new person is. I don't even know who the new person is. They're not Kate Blanchett. Uh, so I don't like them. And then, and then, also, and I can't get yeah. it out of my head. And I also, how many people are probably like me, where the Lord of the Rings movies were your way into this franchise mm. i'd never read the books so like my entire knowledge is based on those movies so therefore that is the story there's not anything else to base to base it on so yeah nevertheless that's gonna be gonna be a bit like i think it'd be like when harry potter gets redone it's, it's just not gonna be it's not gonna get and i say well it will be done at some point if we, we all we all know <laughs> it will be at some point um and we, we will cry when it happens, too, because <laughs> it's like, no, the originals are so good. Le leave it alone. But 
Italian. Yes. We, we know it's going to happen at some point. Right. They've also got um. There was as I said, we've got we got some big stuff going on right now in Disney in terms of corporate um synergy and the things going on. As Bob Iger's gone now, Chapex in charge. Things are changing. So this past week they announced that um some more reshuffling of its international division, which now means now that um we've got. Uh, Rebecca Cambo is now the chairman of international content and operations. So she is going to be, this is a whole new division a group that's going to be creating content. And so we've got the studios, which is obviously like Lucasfilm, Walt Disney Studios, things. They then got the general entertainment content. So your Disney branded television, your FX, etc., and the sports content. But now there's an international group, which is going to be overseeing it all, creating stuff for, um, all the streaming services, primarily kind of star content, I think will be the, the general consensus. There's going to be the fact that they've gone out and made an entire group just to sort out all of the international side of the business. Um, it feels a bit like they've got, right, we've got all these people over here in America. We'd all need this, right? We're going to make a whole entire group just for the rest of the world, except for the US. <laughs> That's kind of like, because we're like, we need to make more content. We, we've got all of India making content. We've got Asia making content, Latin America. We need to sort all of this out and get it all sorted. So they that's a massive restructuring. Yeah, and I mean, this is only what we see. Whenever yeah. there's a restructuring, there's always little bits and pieces, um, teams changing ownership, getting broken up and, and merged into other teams and things like that. So this is just the parts we know about. And, and yeah. it's already huge scale. I mean, this is what um, Rebecca Campbell says. She said, great content is what drives the success of our streaming services. And I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to work even more closely with our talented creators in our international markets who are producing new stories with local relevance to delight our audiences around the globe. Again, this is the Netflix. This is what Netflix have been doing. And now they've literally just gone and said, we're making an entire section. And she's going to be overseeing the company's teams in Asia Pacific, Europe, the Middle East, Africa, India, and Latin America. And she's, she'll be then managing like the traditional linear channels, along with regional streaming, local ad sales, local distribution. Um, yeah, I mean, this is, this, I mean, it's a big, big coup for her. Um, and being in the international department, it's like, you know, there's some issues that they need to sort out with like global releases and all the rest of it. But streamlining it is going to make a lot is making everything better you know we're seeing it with how disney plus is improving internationally and they've still got a lot of markets to grow in i think they want to have disney plus in like 160 countries in the next two years and i think it's at about 65 or 70 at the minute so still got like a good nearly probably 100 countries to launch in they're going all in they were creating over 340 titles currently in development and production internationally which i didn't think well if 160 countries there's only two each not a lot <laughs> it's like, like, i might have to rev it up a little bit i think uh the interesting part for for me is that she's going to be doing both the streaming and the linear content um i don't think this is the first time that this has been the setup that disney has used but it's something that they haven't emphasized very much yeah it's kind of funny they've been really i've noticed it a lot in the press releases um, like, for example, this week they announced that they're making a Big City Greens movie. And in the press release, it was it's coming to the Disney Channel and Disney Plus. That was literally the headline, and it's going to be returning for a fourth season of the show. So, but they're literally now, like, even the Disney the Disney branded television, they've, they've been reorganizing, you know, and now even in there, they're now going, look, it's all being fed through. 
You know, there is no, you know, this whole idea of them and us seems to be disappearing. And I mean, internationally, there's not a lot of channels left anyway. They've been cl- they're closing them down like something chronic. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, many especially left. last year, it seemed like there was a a news article every single week about either um, channels getting shut down or or stores getting shut down. Well, there's a load closing down in Latin America the end of next week. Um, mm-hmm. There's going to be at least a, probably I think about a dozen channels closing. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be a big thing. They've also announced that Michael Paul is now being promoted to the head, the create, he's the president of Disney Streaming. So he's now in charge of Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus, and Star Plus, and will oversee these platforms globally for the Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution, and he will be reporting upwards. Um, Joe Early, who was the vice executive vice president of marketing operations for Disney Plus, has now been named the president of Hulu. So they've put somebody over there. And there will also be a new leadership team, um, a new head of Disney Plus, but they've not announced who that is yet. Um, and Russell Wolf will be continuing. So they've now shifted. There's, there's a new leader of um, Disney Plus, but we don't know what that is yet. Depends what their plans are, what they're doing. Um, but there's there's a lot of restructuring still going on within um and just streamlining which is what we need we need more you know that was why i think one of the big problems of disney was of so many different departments fighting you start making these departments all in one and you know less of this battle internal battles but that i feel like that was going to be a, a, a major shift for disney moving forward yeah and it, it does take more than a simple restructure to to break down those old like um team rivalries and, and things like that or, or you know linear versus streaming things like that because a lot of it is ingrained into the culture and simply you know putting them all under one roof is the first step mm-hmm. but i expect even even possibly into 2023 even though we're just starting 2022 uh we will still see bits and pieces of that mm-hmm. internal conflict now obviously we're not going to see most of it. it it will you know it'll stay private and we won't hear most about it but mm-hmm. there will be friction there still and hopefully it's a long-term plan where they they will get the teams to to kind of play together and also just feel like we're going to see a big shift um globally with disney now churning out content everywhere and you know we're already seeing in the last few months we're seeing it with all the asia content like um rookie cops coming um that's gonna be one of the next big series dropping in from korea I think Squid Game really just and Squid Game also Lupin and Money Heist. Um, you know, Netflix have really like shown you can take some if it's a great show, people will watch it, and are much more likely to you know international series were never a thing. You know, they never really caught on in the same way. But it's like load on a minute. We we can make it for one area, and it just releases. And if it catches on, it catches on. You know, you're rolling a dice. Yeah, you might have twenty other Korean series that don't pick up. Well, as long as it does well in Korea, that's the main thing that counts. And if it goes global, and we're just seeing more of this content just dropping in. And I think, you know, if they can sort out what they're doing in India as well with Hotstar and getting that content, and they're doing, they're dropping onto Hulu in the US, but I think we'll start seeing more of that dropping onto Disney Plus internationally at some point in the future. Um, a lot of this is all part of that streamlining of just getting that content out on Disney Plus. And I think, you know, we are you know, ultimately it's just more choice you know and netflix has really i think opened up the idea that we're all willing to watch stuff if it's good if it's not very good you just we just won't bother um but that won't if that won't impact on the local market and also the local market needs content as well you know 
as much as like you know the Disney princesses and Marvel and Star Wars are powerhouses, doesn't have the same impact in countries where that, you know they're not. It's not a native language, and you know these movies have a different impact. You know, I know myself of you know being in Shanghai Disney, and the Star Wars section was all closed off because Star Wars didn't connect there because. Um, they didn't have that connection with the classic movies. And, you know, the whole theme park has been built differently because they're not attached to Peter Pan and, you know, Alice in Wonderland in the same way that we were. Um, you know, and in France, they've had to make differences because every market is different. And there is stuff that brings us together, but there's also little differences. And they've, they've got to get it right. Just putting Disney Plus, I mean, we saw it like in Iceland. Um, where they put it in there, and they're like, the Iceland people are going, excuse me, you are actually going to put it in our language for us to subscribe. <laughs> so, you know, And those people are like, oh, yeah, we do need to do that. It's like, well, what were you thinking trying to launch a streaming service with not enough content in, in the language you're launching it in? Well, we can get very centric to our own regions. This is this is a problem all over the world, but you know, we'll talk specifically America in this case, you, you tend to get into a mindset that everywhere in the world is exactly like the place where you grew up. So Americans, we we tend to be like, yeah, everywhere loves Star Wars, everywhere loves, and it's like, no, they, they have different traditions, but this is exactly why I love having the regional content from those regions coming to us and why I've been uh, bringing that point up so often, even before like Squid Games blew up is, you know, that different perspective that different way of storytelling that every region has really changes the way you watch stuff. And even if the story itself is something that you're very familiar with, because we, no matter what region you're in, the, there's story archetypes and, and they all kind of follow it, but they tell it in different ways and they tell it with different traditions behind them. And we need more of that, mm. especially since because before streaming, you didn't get exposed to foreign content at all because it was a big cost to localize. It was a big cost to get it onto the television stations. Um, and then nobody would watch it and you would end up at like two o'clock in the morning on the local access channel. And no one's going to be watching that except for, you know, some college kids who, who aren't really paying attention anyway. Yeah. That was me like recording, like all my, like, like Japanese manga and anime stuff they used to be on at like I mean, it's funny now. Like, everyone goes, "Oh, it's, it's like mainstream." It's like it wasn't mainstream when I was a teenager. It was all on at one or two o'clock in the morning on Channel Four, and you used to have to record it because it wasn't. <laughs> that was yeah. you weren't going to see it during. The, you wouldn't get, find it at four o'clock in the afternoon. And you know, especially those early ones from the the eighties and nineties, you weren't even necessarily getting um, what they were originally broadcast. I forget what the name of the series was. Um, a, a Japanese series that got brought over here. Um, it was one of the trans. You know transforms into jet planes and, yeah. and you know fight aliens kind of thing um and then they also tossed in like a singing element to it mm. but if you go to japan there are three different completely unrelated series that we mashed into a single <laughs> one and and so like the experience is completely different and and mm. that's one of the more extreme examples but even on uh, was it Adult Swim here, that that's yeah. where most people got introduced. These yeah. like Gundam Wing and Naruto and things like that. Uh, it's like it's a very different experience from what you would get in Japan. But it was still yeah. a different story. It was very different storytelling. We other than the Transformers, we didn't have big robot action mm -hmm. stuff. We didn't have this ninja stuff. Those are I, I have now exhausted my memory yeah. of 1990s anime. But you know. Yeah, 
it was very different from what we were used to watching growing up with the 80s and 90s cartoons that were made for American audiences. Well, it's, I mean, I, I will hop back to there was, um, when I was at high school, a tape of Hard Boiled went around the class and it was a martial arts film with John Woo and it had the most deaths in any movie. And it was, I think it was like it's a Hong Kong movie. I think it was Hong Kong. Um, and it was subtitled. It went around the entire class as we all borrowed it. You know and that kind of thing, and I'm thinking like you know this that was our access to it was this you know one person had found out about it about a, a a movie like that, and it went around and it shows you the power of that how it went around. You know you know we were all, you know liking martial art movies, and it got me into then you know martial art movies. But that was again it was hard to get hold of, and it was niche. And you know now you can just turn on your TV and watch it any any given way, and it's great. Yeah, and you know. and this is this is streaming. You know yeah. if if you uh, if you really like that Chinese cinema, there are ways of getting that Chinese cinema in completely legal um, and open ways. Netflix is probably going to be the, the best bet, but there are other ones as well. Um, if you want to watch anime, uh, I think there's at least two streaming platforms dedicated entirely. Crunchy, Crunchyroll is the main one. That sounds and Funimation. Familiar. Yeah, Crunchyroll. Okay, yeah, yeah. Those sound familiar, but you've got those. If you mm -hmm. want French content, you there are places you can get French content. British um, content, you got BritBox. Yeah, it, it's it's all available, and people are starting to realize that this is it's also good content. Mm. You know, Squid Games really opened the door for that. Now, a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the stuff that is getting licensed now will not be as good as Squid Games because we're now going for quantity rather than like picking the absolute cream of the crop from these uh, countries. But people will find little bits and pieces in them, and. I, I mentioned this previously. My mom has been ripping through the Korean content on Netflix for like the past six or seven months now. She, has, I don't think she's even watched Squid Game. She just wanted yeah. the the period romance pieces and the you know the the historical stuff and and she's loving it. Yeah, it's good. It's just nice. To, it's just nice to have some choice. And I think we're going to see just a massive expansion of this kind of content because I know on Disney Plus in Japan they've been licensing like um, anime seven chronic and everyone's just there's so many people was just like going. To, Give us what they've got. They've got <laughs> Disney Plus in Japan's got some great anime. It's just a lot of great content. Um, last thing in the news before we get into Boba Fett. Um, we also, this week, we had the first trailer for Moon Knight. So this one dropped late Monday night for me. Why release it during an NFL football game globally? It, I know what it gets a, a good core audience in, in the US, but the, while the rest of the world is asleep. <laughs> I know Australians were like, it was great for us. It was the middle of the day. <laughs> yeah. It it is the the tricky part of of being an international company because uh a trailer is not something you can do a rolling release on, no. right? You know, you can kind of get away with it with with tele with content where you can get Boba Fett launches in Europe at this time, it launches in America at that time, it launches in Australia at that time. Yeah. But a trailer is a trailer. It, it's it's gonna come and there will always be one part of the yeah. world where it's like it's dropping at two o'clock in the morning i'm not getting up for that i think but, as well it's, it wasn't so much as that i mean i i feel like whenever they do i mean a it boosts up the the nfl or the, the espn games or whatever but it is that kind of thing where you have just like wiped out like asia and europe at that point which is it seems a little bit like yeah i mean it's it's also it's just that thing as well of how much international staff are you know like you generally like, for example, like I know, like when trailers drop, they tend to drop at like two o'clock in the afternoon, two to three o'clock in the afternoon, my time, which is like nine o'clock in the morning, um, 
it obviously gets a nice boost with the NFL game, but it's a bit of an odd, a bit of an odd one. But the trailer itself is it's definitely odd, a good one. Just one last thought. The mm. NFL, the reason they do it with the NFL is that it hits audiences that normally wouldn't see it. Yeah. Uh, and, that, and that's why traditionally the Super Bowl has been such a big deal, mm -hmm. why NFL games, NBA games, Major League Baseball games, uh, you know, the important ones, the, yeah. the really big ones, end up getting this extra press because you and I were, were like, all right, Moon Knight trailer is dropping at this time. I got to make sure that I watch it. People will be watching the football game and and they will be watching it for oh, the football game. Yeah. And like, I, yeah. oh my goodness. What is I totally I totally get showing the trailer during oh, the yeah. football game. It's just and during the halftime or it's just like like I said, I'm just like holding it on to like nine o'clock at night. And you know, this is the it is an issue generally. I mean I know a lot of Americans moan about like the book of Boba Fett and stuff like dropping at three o'clock in the morning. But that shows you why they do it was because if they do a rocket at eight o'clock, six o'clock in the evening, US time, the servers can't cope with the demand. So it spreads everybody out in the US a little bit. Netflix figured that one out years ago. So yeah, well um, they, they they do it. Every, you know, they all the big streamers do it because it's like they can't have they do oh, it because no, no. yeah. Sorry, what I'm saying is Netflix figured out how to drop the content at any time they want without a hit on the servers. Yeah. Um, granted, they spend a lot of money to do that, but uh, Disney could, if they wanted to, um, you know, you can track trends, you can track uh, how many people you expect, and you can spin up servers in advance to compensate for it. This is actually one of the things that separates Netflix out from the competition is their ability to do that. Anyway, that is yeah. a complete tangent. Um, the only other thing as well is I do think like with the time that they drop it, not only does it not do very good for LA time or America, but in Europe is a little bit tricky because it drops like eight, nine o'clock in the morning. So you, you don't get the school drop and a lot of people have gone to work. So kind of in some ways, even in Europe time, it doesn't get the full blast either. It's almost like they've picked a, a time when they're like the servers are at the they probably you know they, they've probably been monitored it's like and they've been the fact they've been doing it for over two years now they've obviously worked out that that's like it's working because because whereas like for me it's like oh eight o'clock in the morning it's like that's not a good time to drop content for um from the point of view of a viewer for any for in the uk either even though it's a good time because you get to see it straight away but if you've got to go to work or you're commuting or you're going to school you can't fit all that in um and yeah like <laughs> it's it, but there is that issue but nevertheless what did you think of that moonlight trailer i thought this was a really entertaining trailer uh they're leaning very hard into the psychological aspects of it which um was something that i wanted them to do i was kind of afraid that this was going to be uh, Batman with slight mental issues, um, mm -hmm. not reading into any subtext, like literally that's just yeah. the, the, what the character would be. But no, they're, they're leaning hard into um, the what is going on factor of this and that, especially for weekly content rather than um, binge content, this could generate a lot of discussions if they do it well. For me, this trailer was interesting on so many different levels. First off, brand new character, know very little about him, so therefore there's a little bit of intrigue. There's a little bit of like, hmm, what's this? Well, this is this is something new. This is something fresh. That same feeling I had like with Shang Chi and Eternals. I was like, I don't know this very well, so I'm looking forward to it. The f it looked different. The whole aspect of this like sleeping disorder and multiple personalities. It was like, oh, this is filled 
different. And it's like, you know, the MCU is so big, so to have something completely different going on. And then, like, the superhero powers is just like, what's going on here? And also, we have got Oscar Isaac doing his Bert impression, um, which has alienated the entire of Britain. Of this, And it's like, yeah, there's... It's like it didn't take long for me to go. Yeah, I know why he's got such a bad English accent because that's a character in his head that he's playing. Him. All right, Governor, we're off the we're off here. We yeah. were here in London, and I'm on a train. <laughs> I, I think it is important to note that the exceptionally bad accent <laughs> is intentional. Uh, yeah. They did not get that across in the trailer. It is intentional, but oh my god, it's so. I, I got it. I totally understood it. But there's a lot of people that go, "It's really bad." Why is he talking this really no, weird it's, accent? It's really bad <laughs> crikey governor <laughs> I just, that bad. <laughs> yeah i mean it's kind of a bit more of like Bert meets mickey mouse but it's just like i love the fact of him being on the on on the bus and falling asleep and then in, that's that one thing where he wakes up and he's like driving a car and a, and a the crash gun. and he's got the gun and he's like what the hell am i doing i love that whole and then there's this whole thing like obviously we only saw like five seconds of him in the suit i love the suit and him jumping around i'm in I'm so in. This is I. This is. I'm gonna be honest. This is probably the most excited I've been for a Marvel series. I I don't even know about. I think like Loki. I was looking forward to Loki, but this is one of like it's fun. I'm really looking forward to this one. This one is just. I think out of all the the five we've seen so far, this one is the one which I think ever since they announced it was like that looks interesting. I want to know what happens. And I didn't even know anything about it. It was just, I didn't know anything about it. And that was for the fun thing. Now, and I come in with the completely opposite perspective because yeah. I've been reading Moon Knight since the 90s. Um, and I've gone back and read the stuff that came out before the 90s. So I, I'm very familiar with this character. I, When they first announced it, I was super excited because I've always enjoyed Moon Knight, even, even when he's in the hands of writers who really don't know what they're doing and shouldn't not be dealing with such a delicate character. Uh, I generally have found it to be a lot of fun so yeah th this is great and even when we're talking about it i'm gonna have a hard time just being like no in the comic books it's like this and, the, and well, apparently, for that. i was reading that apparently they've taken aspects from multiple yes. there's not like you can just sit there and say this happened in the comic books it's like no they've they've, they've gone across and brought in different versions from lots of different ones i mean and it, in some ways it makes it so fresh because you're not even going to know where it's going Yes, and, uh, and that definitely came across in the trailer. Um, there's aspects of Warren Ellis's run, which is one of the iconic modern runs. There's elements from uh, the original take on the character from back in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, the costume design is a, a mash of several different eras of the character. Uh, and then the psychological stuff was something that was heavily emphasized in the beginning and then disappeared and then came back and it's mm. been in different forms. It's, yeah, I'm excited for exactly the reason you said. It's familiar, but the way they're putting it together is not, yeah. which is great. So that will be dropping at the end of March. So we've got a little bit of a wait after the end of the Book of Boba Fett. Only thing is, six weeks after that date drops on May the 4th. So my gut instinct is saying to us, we probably might get that two-episode debut for this show because... Otherwise, on that May the 4th, you've got May the 4th. So, obviously, we're expecting maybe Something. like the Bad Batch, maybe Endor or Obi-Wan Kenobi. And also, on that same day, you're getting 
Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness dropping in cinemas. So I can't see them wanting to have a finale and a movie and Star Wars Day all on the same day because that's a, a PR like nightmare. I imagine they're going to do a double episode drop. Either that, I'd imagine they do a double episode stop at the beginning, especially if we don't really, if it takes a while to get him warmed up. Well, and that, that's been the trend of both the Marvel and the Star Wars shows is it normally takes two or three episodes, depending on episode length, to really get into it. And I think uh, like Boba Fett would have benefited a lot from having the second episode drop the same week as the first because um, it, it took a while for that show to get going. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Well, I think that's pretty much, I think we're pretty much ready, ready to roll yeah. on that one. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I, yeah. I just echo i think um moon knight will probably be a two episode one uh, the reason that boba fett did not get a two episode one is probably because you know it, it's it's boba fett everyone knows who boba fett is he generates his own hype whereas moon knight you really need to get people properly hooked at the beginning even with the hype that's building up for it because he is for the vast majority of viewers a brand new who the heck is this character yeah and so you need to get as much content up front for people to to get into it it's looking very interesting as well. I, f I feel like, with, obviously, with Boba Fett, they're trying to stretch it out a little bit. I would have personally maybe would have pulled Moon Knight forward a week and done the six weeks then just to get us a bit quicker. But obviously, in March, we're also getting uh, Loud Proud, the Proud family, but we're also getting Turning Red and a few other bits and pieces. So that might be why they're a little bit less inclined to do it. But let's now shift over to the book of Boba Fett. We've got the fourth chapter this week. Um this was an interesting, interesting episode. I feel like it was a little bit of a, you either liked it a lot or you just liked it. There's for me, I was in the to like it camp. I didn't, I don't think it was the best episode of the series. Um, it was a bit ploddy at places. I wasn't too keen. I wasn't so keen on this one. It was a little bit flat. And see, I was in the, the opposite direction for this one. This, this felt like a turning point for me for the series where I'm finally actually kind of getting engaged with it. Um, this is the first episode in this series where I got to the end of it, and I was like, oh, no, no, I, I want to get more. I want to see where what the next step of this is, and I have not felt that with the previous three episodes. Now, um, it is by no means a perfect episode. There are definitely some some big glaring problems with it, but it, for me at least, it did feel like we are finally getting onto a track that I am looking forward to, and I'm, yeah. I was interested for the most part with what was happening with this episode. We're definitely at the point now where we've kind of got an enemy and we know where it's mm -hmm. heading and all the rest of it. But there's a little bit, for me, it was like, okay, so we've obviously flipped over to the Mandalorian like right after the events of that, of the first season when he rescues her. And it really kind of sets the time zone of where we are with all this. And it was a little bit like, did we need to see him rescue her? We'd already kind of, we knew that had happened. Like, I don't know. It just obviously he rescued her, and he, he, I mean, she's ended up getting like a new stomach, and then like rescue, getting his ship out, and it was a bit like, did we need this? He could have just. It didn't. It didn't feel like a story that needed explaining um, at all. It just. It, but the whole series feels a little bit like this at the minute. It was like you're really just showing us the basics, which we could have worked out with a description in this, you know, in the scrolling bit at the beginning. You know, Boba Fett saves Fennec and can put stomach, and that would have been it, and we could have moved on with the rest of the story. Um, yeah, that I don't know. It just I don't know. Just something about it. Just it just didn't quite um, capture me this whole ep episode. Um, I like the fact of him like hiring um, the Wookiee. I love the fact that he did actually rip the arm off because obviously that was a, yeah. a throwback to seeing what Chewbacca could do if he chose to. 
Yeah, and that was that was kind of a fun scene. I think it dragged a little too long, yeah. but you know, oh, she's gonna talk him down. He's gonna put the guy down, and she'll wipe the deck clean. And then, and then, oh no, this is not Chewbacca. This is Chewie without meds to keep him stable. Uh, you know, and he's got the money to pay the debt anyway, so he just doesn't care. Uh, yeah, no, uh, Black K is not Chewie, and I think that scene really illustrated if you haven't picked it up already. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back to the original point, uh, I agree. We did not need to see um, him picking up Slave One. We did not need to see him picking Fire up spray. We had Fire. what? Fire spray. We can't call this. I don't care what the Disney mom is on this. Um, Boba Fett's ship. Uh, I, I don't care. We could pick up the context clues and this yeah. particular sequence wasn't necessary it was a decent action scene mm -hmm. it was better than most of the action yeah. scenes we've gotten in this so far but we could figure it out and we could figure out what happened with fennec now i will say though i did like the way they did it from a storytelling perspective yeah because this was actually kind of neat uh we met the the mods the the kids who were into yeah. body modification last episode and i i'll call this out specifically last week i was like why is boba fett siding with these kids this doesn't make yeah. sense uh, this doesn't fit with the character. And then this scene yeah. that we get now, which is actually a flashback, uh, establishes, oh, they were, or the people like them were the people who saved Fennec. Yeah. And, and from a storytelling perspective, this is actually really cool because uh, that one scene from this week gives context to the scene from last week and the scene from last week also establishes why this works so it's yeah. like this triangle triangle of like the plot building on itself it's really yeah I don't it's, know, the, yeah the the writer analysis and he's like geeking out over that whole sequence even though it's just a tiny little bit yeah. and probably shouldn't have been in the movie or the show at all yeah well that's it if we we're in a movie none of this stuff would have would have made it to the it would have just been the scroll at the beginning um but it's I, there was I, a couple of other things i feel like with the series I didn't like him doing the whole Sarlacc pit of like being so stupid of like that you're putting your head in it at this point just to have a poke around. Um, you knew what was going to happen. And obviously yeah, I, I thought that was a bit silly. The whole kind of like, it just felt stupid. It was definitely a moment of both. We know what's going to happen here. You're, you, we know exactly what's going to happen here. And the fact that you don't know what's going to happen here is ridiculous it did give us at least the really cool scene of him drop or actually fennec dropping yeah. the the uh the sound bomb or the sonic yeah. bomb into the sarlacc pit which was a great visual but it's like yeah the, this why are you doing this i did like the whole aspect of having the barge all like burnt out and stuff i did mm -hmm. like the visual effect of, but again it's that thing of destroying an iconic character and like this myth with this whole thing of there being the, the Sarlacc pit, and you know, again, it's just there is that kind of feeling of like the more we see of Boba, the less he reminds me of Boba Fett. It's kind of, it, it's just again, it's just feeling more and more like a different character. Um, and well, even uh, yeah, even the actor said himself said he like he would have liked the character sort of said less than he has done. Yeah. Oh, oh there was what was the line? Um, what did Fennec say when she dropped the bomb in or oh no, sorry, never mind. I'm drawing from something completely different. Uh there was a, a scene in the comic series uh where they're doing the whole bounty or they were doing the whole bounty hunter thing, 
and Boba Fett like leaps onto somebody's ship and says surprise and then shoots them. I'm like, really? That's yeah. not, but that that's from the comic. That's not yeah. uh, this. So, sorry, I was mixing up my media yeah. there. Um, in in any event, this has been the problem from the beginning of the Boba Fett series is that he does not feel like mm -hmm. Boba Fett. And now, if we had just gone from that gap from Return of the Jedi to where he was at the beginning of the Mandalorian. I think we could have at least accepted he's been through something that changes him from yeah. point A to point B. But even at the beginning of the series, when he first encounters the Tuscans and stuff, I'm like, oh no, he's already at point B just minutes after Return of the Jedi ends. That doesn't make sense at all. The only the only thing that really gets me, and it's a bit like I don't know if they if they hadn't have done all this like the way they've done it with the flashbacks if they just would have started the series with him in the Sarlacc pit, getting out, going in, being picked up by the Tuscans, then rescue, then getting his ship back or rescuing Fennec, getting his ship back, and then becoming you know, like like if you took this episode and like completely like rearranged it. Had that would have that made it better in the long run? I've just like had it as a one story of him escaping and becoming the I, it, all the flashbacks. Is just it just feels like, well, why are we doing so many flashbacks when you could have just done this whole story in a different order? Yeah, and it does disrupt the story of the present as well because yeah. you, you, you're just getting into the action in the present, and then oh no, we're, we're gonna go talk about this again. This is ultimately what ended up being mm -hmm. is there's something missing from the story there is some missing connector piece that makes it all make sense for why we're here and why we care uh, now i know a lot of people they're like it's boba fett i don't need to care because it's boba fett and i'm just happy that we're getting more boba fett and it's like that's cool but you still need something that makes you care about this particular story and at this point for the most part we don't now at the end of the episode in the the present, we are starting, to, at least for me, getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens with the gangs. I want to see mm -hmm. um, this fight coming up uh, with the bad guys. I want to see him consolidate power or possibly not. There, there's nothing that says he actually has to to like fully win at the end of this. Mm -hmm. But Hello, that man. story is much more interesting and they keep pushing it off for these flashbacks, which are significantly less interesting and in many cases, completely unnecessary. Well, the thing is now, you see, now we're at a point where they they dropped a they dropped a little subtle drop at least twice in this episode, of indication of who's coming into into this episode in this series at some point, um, with a little little tone, a little drop of music, um, like we need someone, we need to get some help, and literally play the Mandalorian like sound, just like well, we, that was a little bit less than subtle. You might as well have just go. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so a little point hand comes and goes, he's coming. <laughs> yeah. The, and it also raises the point, you know, you're talking earlier about um, did we need to see him rescue Fennec? We understand that he rescued Fennec. Did we need to see him uh, get his, sorry, his spaceship yeah. back? Uh, we didn't really need to see that. And it, it we kind of get to the point where it's like, okay. Now you're making the rebuilding of the character central to the series. That means at some point he's got to get the armor back in this series. Yeah. How much of that episode of the Mandalorian? No, no, we, if got, we, well, they did. Well, it's that kind of weird because we know how we got it back because it already. Right, that's that. that's my point. Yeah, is 
the rebuilding of the character has become central to the series and getting the armor back is a core part of rebuilding the character. Now we already know, but the series has to cover it too, because it's such an essential part of it. And that oh. that's the question of how much of that episode are we going I suppose to get in the, the only series? way they could do it is if they don't do any if they don't do another flashback. Right. Only, that, if they don't do another flash I can I could see actually we're at a point now in the story that I don't know if they need a flashback again. They might not do another one. Well, I'm kind of kind of expecting that they're going to track down, uh, was it Timothy Oliphant who played the character in, yeah. in The Mandalorian, who, who picked up Boba Fett's armor in the beginning, and then Mando gets it from him. Yeah. There will potentially be a scene of Boba Fett or Fennec finding that character and him going, oh, yeah, I have the armor, but now it's with this dude. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, then you need the payoff to that as well, which is him tracking down Mandalorian which we've already seen yeah if they stop it now if they stop it with him getting his ship back uh with him getting the revenge that he wanted on mm. the swoop gang and you know setting off for that then i think we're okay I, yeah i think they already maybe went a little too far in into that they probably uh pushed the story but we could stop there and and be like okay the rest of the story is in the mandalorian go check it out yeah. there but they do have this seeming obsession with filling in every single tiny piece of the backstory not letting us you know figure it out ourselves which is why well, i think we're yeah. going to get that i don't know i, I have a, yeah for me i'm just wondering if we might not because i think he's going into out of space to put the gang back together he's going to need to put together a team he's already got um black k so he's going to need a few other big guns mando and i don't know who else he might bring in you know maybe we get um is it bosk or somebody i, don't I was know. gonna say I was gonna say maybe Bosk because they've they've been really leaning in with the Trandoshans in this series. Yeah. There's a lot of those. They've already got the costumes. Um, it, you know that makes sense. Yeah, and they already did like IG88, so and IG11. So I don't know. I just feel like you know we're at a point now where we can kind of just move in. But I am fully expecting Mandalorian in the the way they were teasing it with that music um, this week was. I mean, the first time when they just flashed it when they kind of indicated that that was what was going on. But the second time when they mentioned, oh, well, we know where we can get some hired guns and then play the music. It was like, yeah, that was less than subtle. I mean, that was like, you know, so we're going to go find a villain until he's done, 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 done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. no, you know, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, I'm enjoying the series, but it's not on that same level as the previous ones. I definitely don't think it's bad. I'm enjoying it. I'm up. I'll be watching it on Wednesday morning. You know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking, and I and I actually feel like the stories hopefully will start like picking up the gear now. Now we've got a lot. Of, you know, the Tuscan Raider stuff's all gone. You know that. Um, but yeah, I may. I'm just done with the flashbacks because it just it just seems. This is where sometimes a movie and a series where the series is taking longer to tell the story that you could do in a montage or just a couple of minutes and kind of gloss over and move on. And the series is like, we don't need to move along. We're trying to throw TV time here. Yeah, no, we we have definitely been very happy to have series in the past where we get to have these moments that you don't get yeah. in movies. I remember very specifically talking about the end of uh, Mandalorian season one, where you get the scene with the two scout troopers trying to shoot the can. And you're like, you're not going to get this little scene in a movie because it, it literally adds nothing. It, it's just a gag moment. But it was such a fun gag moment. I'm glad they included it. Uh, but now we're seeing the flip side of that, where like we have runtime to fill. Let's 
just use it for for these things that honestly it's better off without uh yeah. I, I know there there are people who are just like no no it, it's great to have it explicitly stated out but i I'm definitely in the camp of no the mystique of the character was the major draw don't fill everything else in um i did want to talk about one other scene really fast yeah. here so the, they they get into the palace and they're in the the kitchen or yes. whatever that is um the beginning part of it was was entertaining enough with them taking out the two droids and and the kind of general grievous moment it was like ha ah, that that's kind of silly and she just takes him out but when the third droid shows up the rat catcher the rat catcher <laughs> i was like am i watching a muppet show that entire <laughs> sequence felt like gonzo or rizzo was running away from boba fett and i was just like what, what it, it did it did yeah it did you're totally right it, it, you know i've just got rizzo like just running around just... i mean it's called rat catcher it's rizzo <laughs> yeah and he's still hired by him he still kept him around but yeah why yeah so over overall um solid episode i enjoyed it Def i'm definitely looking forward to where it goes but it like it just wasn't top top level for me and and it's still not anywhere near the level for me of pretty much any of the marvel or star wars content that we've gotten thus far um but as i said at the beginning of this this did feel like a turning point and i am actually interested in seeing where they're going with stuff now uh, and I can see where the storylines that they're setting up here will have interesting payoffs, uh, not just um, the potential for Mandalorian to show up, but other things as well. Just uh, especially if they lean more into the modern events rather than than past events. Uh, well, they did always kind of call this like Mandalorian season two point five, and I'm wondering if they bring him in for like an, an episode for a couple episodes at the end that might help with that whole aspect to it of it making it feeling a little bit more of a connection with like the man because they could do that they could have him in there for two episodes helping out boba fett and that well the other thing is it doesn't necessarily have to be mando it could be um these other members of the clan you know back from season one could be the armor smith could be um some of the but others from there too but then he's not a he's not a mandalorian in that same way is he no he's not and no. and of course as we know that's more of a splinter sect versus yeah. you know bo-katan and and such like that but it would be a, a way of bringing the mandalorian into this show mm. without kind of disrupting the ongoing storyline yeah. of mandalorian itself and also as well i mean it gives him something to do because he's not obviously got grogu and you know that kind of thing. So he's, he's a, I don't know, but we'll find out on Wednesday. Um, we'd love to know what you guys thought of um, the new episode of the book of Boba Fett and also what you thought of February's lineup. Love to hear your thoughts in the comments below. Go check us out over at what's on Disney plus.com and we shall see you guys in another episode. Laters. His name's not Grogu, it's Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> it took them too long to give him his name, he's Baby Yoda. I'd like to thank all of our Patreon and YouTube channel members for their support. You can become a member from as little as $2 a month and you get access to our weekly Q&A and much more.